This is Radio NUG, the voice of National Unity Government of Myanmar, broadcasting for Myanmar Spring Revolution. Mio, a young rebel fighter, is on his first mission against the Myanmar military. Radio NUG. Mio's unit is ambushing a military outpost. They're part of an armed struggle to restore democracy. I'd like to welcome everyone tuning into this episode. Many of you now listening likely have a measure of personal freedom and liberty in your own lives, freedoms that the speaker you're about to hear from no longer enjoys. I don't say this to make anyone feel guilty but to offer a reminder that we're very fortunate to have a degree of agency and safety in our lives that our upcoming guest and everyone else in Myanmar these days can only dream of. So after you hear their story, please consider how you can use your freedom to support or advocate on behalf of the Burmese people. Any action, no matter how small, counts. Now, let's hear what they have to say. joined by a guest that we had on almost exactly a year ago. This was a guest that we spoke to extensively about the CDM movement as she had been training civil servants in Myanmar for 10 years previous to the coup. So she ended up playing quite an important role in uh, the foundation of the CDM movement and helping 
uh, many of those civil servants who wanted to go on CDM but had questions or, or were worried or had needs or safety issues. Shortly following that interview, uh, the activities of this guest became known to the military and she had to go into hiding. And we're going to pick up from that incident. We're going to hear about what has been happening to this guest personally for the past year, uh, how her life has changed for supporting the democracy movement. And then after some of this personal discussion, we're going to go a bit into looking at the wider movement, looking at where is CDM today, what is happening with the NUG. I should mention that this person now has a prominent position in NUG, uh, thoughts on the general revolution, on the PDFs, and some other information as well. But first of all, we're just going to check in and find out how she's doing and how the past year has been. So thanks so much for joining us again one year later and checking in and letting us know how things are going. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your invitation. It's my pleasure to talk to you again in, in, in this Insight podcast. It is very uh, beneficial to, um, to, 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 to our people uh, to listen to our story. So... Uh, last year, I'm uh, as uh, you, you already mentioned, I I involved in the CDM movement a lot, uh, seriously, and so I uh, mostly at the time I I, I couldn't stay, uh, I couldn't live in my uh, home anymore. Uh, I I had I had to hide uh, in many different places, uh, mostly in 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 the safe house safe houses. Um, so. So I moved from safe house to safe house, uh, and and last year was a very uh, sh shocking experience for me, uh, because uh, last my my parents uh, got infected with COVID last year, and I had to, uh, I, I I couldn't hide in the safe house anymore because uh, I I had to take care of my parents. So it's it was very. Uh, challenging for me uh, to 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 get out of the safe house and to to, to take care of my parents, uh, but but luckily I I over overcame it, uh, and 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 then um, uh, most of most of the people uh, who who joined the revolution, we couldn't stay in the uh, safe houses anymore. And also in in Yangon or in anywhere because you know the SAC, uh, uh, the SAC soldiers are checking us every day. I mean, uh, uh, checking uh, our houses and checking our uh, activities online. So it it is very unsafe for us to to live in Yangon. So and also in 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 many places. Uh, it, 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 uh, the, the SAC soldiers, uh, I mean, uh, many safe houses, the, the, the SAC soldiers, um, they, they, they check and they raided the safe houses. So safe houses, safe, safe houses were not safe anymore. So we couldn't even stay in the safe house anymore because it, it is not safe for us anymore. So that's why I decided to leave the gantry, but, uh, uh I, I couldn't travel, um, uh, uh, like like a normal normal uh, ordinary citizen, uh, I couldn't uh, I, I I I didn't dare to pass 
the immigration checkpoint uh, at the airport. So uh, I I had to cross. You know, the only the, the only way we 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 can do is we had to go to the ethnic uh, um, uh, organizations area, like the KNU areas or the KIA areas, and then we can we 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 can cross the border uh, to the neighboring countries. That's the only uh, uh, way. Uh, we 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 can do if we couldn't stay in the uh, in 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 the in the city anymore. Uh, that's 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 what I I, I did. So I I went to uh, uh, one of the uh, EAO camps uh, in Karen State, uh, and then uh, I crossed the uh, I crossed the border uh, to to uh, miss out. Uh, and then now I'm I'm I'm. Uh, 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 Staying in Mesab and, and still working for the uh, revolution, yeah. That's so. That's that's my 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 uh, whole story. Mm, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I'd like to go into a little more detail and color, just understanding what these experiences are like. You're you're describing kind of the. Um, the, uh, the, the actual um, journey that you go through and step by step. But I, I think it's important for listeners to also know the feeling and what it's like to actually be living and doing the things that, that, that you're doing. So maybe you can start with talking about living in the safe house and just tell us a bit about what the feeling was like in the safe house, what the routines were, uh, and what the fear was like that it could be raided and then how you ended up making the decision that you you had to leave it and, and make a run for it, which is also dangerous in its own right. Um, I mean, Safe House uh, is a place, uh, the, the temporary place uh, for us. Uh, one, we, we couldn't stay at our own uh, residence anymore. Uh, so, no, I... I, uh, I looked for a safe house and then I stayed there. Uh, but safe house, uh, safe house are are also only in Yangon areas. Uh, it's it's very risky for us. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, we we couldn't go out, uh, and and uh, and we couldn't meet anyone. Uh, we we need to lock up inside the the, the safe uh, our own safe house uh, because if someone knows uh, the safe house where we are uh, staying there it's uh, very uh, risky for us and uh, we uh, we couldn't believe our uh, we couldn't trust our neighbor neighborhood to uh, uh, in, in, in our neighbor so the, the the safe house neighbors you know they, they also don't know who we are uh, staying there they also don't know who who we are so things like that you know we are very uh, hiding uh, we are hiding in the uh, we are hiding in that place uh, but but um, some uh, the, the, the some 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 people, I mean, like the delivery people, uh, came and gave us the food and uh, other things we need, but we couldn't go out of the safe house. So, so uh, uh, inside the safe house, I, I, I feel, I I was okay, but I I know we we we, uh, uh, it's not a safe place. A safe, even though we we were in safe house, it's not safe 
place for us. Uh, we could be found anytime uh, by, the, by the SEC because, you know, they are checking us everywhere. Uh, especially people like uh, uh, me working for the MUG or, or working for the strikes or working for the PDF. So it's very risky for us. And, and inside the safe house, I couldn't uh, attend my meetings uh, with the NUG regularly because I was worried uh, uh, some people listen to my uh, meetings or, or you know, uh, uh, and, and I, I always uh, use uh, VPN uh, on my computer uh, because I, I, it's a very, uh, I'd be uh, uh, very worried uh, uh, my computer could be traced. Uh, by the uh, by the by the SEC, my internet could be traced. So it's like uh, I I I had to be very careful, you know, uh, uh, even uh, 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 in staying in the safe house. Uh, that that's uh, that's my uh, my 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 concern and my feeling there. And then uh, some of this uh, around October, on uh, yeah September October, uh, uh, safe houses are. Um, very, uh, you know, high-risk situation uh, because SEC uh, troops, they know uh, uh, people people are hiding in the safe houses. So they start looking for uh, safe houses uh, and they check, uh, they, they, they check and they pressure the room owners, uh, the apartment owners, uh, the control owners, not to accept any strangers, any outside people. And the owners, uh, they don't dare to accept anyone. Uh, they, they don't know. So these are the 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 the, the, the start of the, uh, you know, we, we couldn't stay in the safe house anymore. And we couldn't move to another safe house uh, because the, the, the owners don't dare to accept us anymore. And, and some of my friends, safe houses got raided uh, by the SEC they, uh, because the uh, owner informed to the SEC uh, or the what the what administrator informed to the SEC so we are uh, you know we, we, we at the time it, it was my uh, totally my nightmare for us uh, every every night I prayed you know I couldn't before <laughs> uh, I couldn't uh, I, uh, I, I was not such by the, uh, the SEC or I couldn't before I Every night I was praying last last year, uh, praying last year. Mm, and so, how many months was it that you lived in this Yangon apartment without being able to step outside? And during those months that you were living like that, what was it like to to live with a sense of being enclosed, a lack of freedom, and the fear? Everything that you were living with. Uh, having to stay in those closed quarters and and also be try try to be sane and try to be be healthy. So uh, I'm curious how how long that was for, and just mentally and and also socially with the other people that were in there, how you managed that space. Um, it 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 was like, um, I I think it's a much starting from much. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Yeah, eight, uh, eight, eight months. Eight, eight months, months, and you yeah. didn't go outside for eight months. Uh, yes, but I moved uh, to two safe houses. I moved to two safe houses because you know the mm -hmm. uh, because of the situation in the areas, uh, risky situation. So I had to move. So 
like one place is four months, like yeah, two places. I had to move two places. Mm-hmm. So it was it was eight months in three safe yeah. houses, and did it you go outside? Uh, sorry, no, I couldn't go outside. I so for eight months, outside. you only went outside when you had to move from one safe house to the other. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Right. And right. That's, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's almost like a, a prison or a house arrest in itself. So, so what was it like managing that inner space, you know, managing the fear, the boredom, the lack of freedom, the social interactions, uh, the inability to, to, to go outside and just have, have air or variety or restaurants or, or social or any, anything like that. How did you manage eight months and living under those conditions? Yeah, it was very difficult and challenging. You know, I, I really want to uh, wanted to go out uh, into the streets uh, to 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 join the strike. I, you know, there there are there 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 were so many strikes uh, at the time around March, uh, February and March. Uh, so I I really wanted to join, but I couldn't join anymore. Uh, but uh, but um, how I I could join is only online, and my my work uh, with uh, uh, with uh, CDM mostly, uh, and uh, CDM uh, uh, all over the country. They contacted me through Messenger, uh, Facebook, Fiber, <laughs> or, or the uh, or the Telegram. So I, I I was very busy with the CDM, you know, uh, talking to the CDM, uh, how to move from. Uh, they, they, they also, you know, the CDM uh, were also very uh, difficult at the time. They need man, they need money, uh, and also they need to uh, move uh, to other places because they 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 were they were also very risky. Uh, so I I was very busy helping them, and so. And, and, and I, I was busy with my computer the whole day, you know. Uh, luckily, I got online internet. Uh, and so I, I, I just only focus on uh, my CDM uh, work. Uh, and and, and uh, apart from that, uh, my daily uh, activities uh, include uh, meditation. Uh, because I was very uh, traumatic at the time uh, when many CDM contacted me and I, I was helping them. And because of their trauma, it also affect, affected me. And I, I, I also, uh, you know, uh, shocked by myself. Uh, I was very uh, frightening at the time uh, because the, the, the SAC, they killed uh, the protest, protester uh, even in front of our uh, street. I mean, like my hiding street. Uh, the, 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 the my hiding place. Uh, the, 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 there was the street, and the uh, protester w- was killed. So it, it was so shock for me, uh, and so I, I got uh, trauma. So I I need to take the meditation uh, uh, in the safe house, and I also need to listen to uh, uh, the monk uh, uh, praying. Uh, Regularly, you know. Otherwise, I couldn't uh, stand it anymore. Sure. So that, that, that's that's the only uh, the thing I I I I, I did you know, when I was in safe house with the CDM, helping the CDM and taking doing meditation and doing some yoga and exercise. Yeah. Mm, that's that's great. That's great. You were able to do yoga, meditation, exercise. <laughs> uh, what what yes. kind of meditation were you doing, if I could ask? I I I'm, yeah I, I I'm focusing. Uh, uh, to you know, uh, I mean, like, I, uh, my 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 mind. I mean, because of the 
the the pressure uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and also the the situation uh, I I I um, my my mind is not i think uh, my mind is not stable anymore uh, and also um, uh, like I I, I I i saw the images you know like uh, it's it's it, it, but then when i started uh, doing meditation um, i focus only on the breathing so it, it it's really you know focusing on the breathing and then the, the, the my mind is coming uh, more and more coming uh, so i Re, re, uh, really like uh, that uh, that that stage. Mm-hmm. So you started by focusing on the breathing, and then after uh, after after breathing, you switched to looking at something in the mind. How what what exactly were you observing there? I focus on the breathing, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know the mogul CRO like tip tip How how can I say tip tip yeah, like a rise, pass away. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So you were focusing on the arising and passing away of like sensations, yes. or or yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. working like with the body sensations. Yes, yes. Yeah, and how how was that experience? Like, what did you have insights from it? Did it did it did it help you? What what did you get from from focusing on the piat p- the arising passing away? Um, it it makes me uh um. Uh, more compassionate uh, to to me myself, and mm. and, and you know uh, to 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 make me more peaceful. Uh, you know, I I can accept uh, anything happen. Uh, you know that, that that's uh, what what I I learned uh, from the, the meditation. Uh, so I I can accept the things happening. Uh, at first, you know, I I was very angry and I was very so shocked. I was very shocked, but uh, later. Uh, after the meditation, I could accept, you know, anything can happen and these things were also overcome. So things like that. Yeah. Mm. Mm, right. Okay. So it's been eight months that you were basically under house arrest, living in a kind of fear and isolation. And you eventually make the decision to, to get out and to escape. And you end up going through the ethnic areas, eventually landing on Mesot. Can what can you share with us about that that decision, and also the actual travels and experience of making it out there? Uh, because uh, you know, one of the safe houses uh, was raided uh, by SAC, so everyone uh, in the safe house uh, uh, got warning, uh, you know, uh, not to live there anymore. So we 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 had to think uh, we should still living in inside Myanmar or we should leave because you know we don't have many chances anymore uh, and I was also uh, um, involving too much with the with the NUG so if I got arrested I was totally um, uh, I was I was uh, uh, I was sent, uh, sent to the jail and I got sentences so I couldn't get arrested. And my parents uh, pushed me to leave the country. Uh, they didn't want me to stay there uh, in inside Myanmar anymore. That's why I decided uh, to leave the country. And and so uh, me and uh, my roommate, who 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 was also CDM doctor, medical doctor, uh, we we left our safe house and we went to uh, one of the EAO areas in Karen State. 
EU camps in Korean state and we stayed there uh, for uh, three weeks there because uh, uh, we we had to wait for the uh, transportation uh, to to cross the border. Mm -hmm. Right, and then you were able to cross the border without incident. Yes, the, the, the with the help of the EAO. Yes, I crossed the border. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we we don't have the you know the for, formal. We don't have any formal documents. Uh, you know, it's it's like a refugee uh, crossing the border. Mm -hmm. So what is your situation like now? Uh, I am... So here I'm illegal, <laughs> staying <laughs> mm. in Um mm -hmm. I, But there are many people. Now I... Now I uh, um, uh, NUG said that there are around 800 people uh, staying in Mesel, uh like me, uh, because uh, the the EAO areas uh, got raided by SEC, and 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 there were many uh, battles uh, along the border, uh, so uh, many camps, as uh, EAO camps uh, were uh, attacked by the SEC, so there there are many uh, IDP along the borders. And they cross the border, so there there are around eight hundred or one thousand people here illegally, uh, uh, including uh, me. So people, uh, politicians, mem member of parliaments, and CDMA, and mm -hmm. activists. So many, so many here. But mm -hmm. but you know, mm -hmm. it's like we don't have the documents, so it's very difficult for us. We 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 we're always uh, looking out the police time police <laughs> you know they check they they, they check uh, like they, they are also uh, strict every day <laughs> this day <laughs> and also they are checking uh, patrolling around uh, patrolling the shopping mall the, the Thai police are patrolling the shopping mall checking the uh, Burmese people uh, 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 they, they, they check the people who talk who speak Burmese or things like that you know so it's a very risky for us to to stay here Mm -hmm. And if those Thai police were to find someone who was Burmese and didn't have proper documents, what would they do with them? Uh, they sent to the jail. So to the Thai jail? The, yeah, Thai jail. Yeah, some of the MP uh, uh, were sent to the jail and also some of the activists were sent to the jail. And, and some, uh, some even sent back to Myanmar. So it's, it's not good. It's not good, but yeah, yeah. We, we have to be careful here, staying here. You know, we are like violating the law, violating the immigration law. So we right. need to be careful. So you're basically under house arrest again in Mesad, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't uh, go out like a normal people. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't travel because I don't have the document. So mm -hmm. only within the Mesot area, I could I could travel. But Mesot is safe? Uh, I mean, uh, I, 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 I mean, uh, not travel. It's like com commute, you know. I just go out, uh, go to the uh, shopping center. Uh, right, but that's I safe. It's, it, it's in Mesot, um, Burmese without papers are able to go around pretty freely without fear of arrest. Is that right? Um, 
not very often, you know, I because uh, just like uh, I, I went out twice uh, by men, only just uh, uh, tried, uh, two or three times. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, so it's not very, very free. Because the Thai police uh, is uh, patrolling the areas uh, all all the uh, all, all 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 around, so it's uh, difficult. I couldn't. We 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 cannot uh, uh, go to uh, the areas uh, very freely like the normal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So this this is an experience of living like an an, an illegal alien or a, or a refugee. I, I imagine you never expected in your life you'd have to do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I never imagined. Because you know, before the coup, I I travel like uh like a, la, 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 I mean like the, uh how how can I say it's like I tr- I travel uh to many countries mm. and uh, I travel <laughs> I travel very freely. <laughs> yeah. Like about <laughs> now, it's like I'm I I was in the kitchen. <laughs> I couldn't travel. I couldn't do anything what I like. Very yeah, free. right. That's totally different for me. Very different experience for me. Mm, yeah, and it must. I I can't imagine how it feels to live in. You know, you're you're coming from Myanmar. You're in such danger in Myanmar to your to your life to your um, your safety. And the only reason you're in danger is because you're supporting the democracy movement. You're not doing anything more than that. But but that makes you a threat and an enemy of the state. And so you're you're living in these constrained circumstances for so long, you finally escape and you make it out of the country, and you're you're just barely safer. You're still at same risk to to authorities in another state that are not sympathetic mm-hmm. to your cause or your 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 work, uh, even though you're you're not doing anything wrong. You're just supporting a democracy movement, and you you have that risk again of those authorities in another country either imprisoning you or even worse, sending you back to a uh, uh, an even worse danger that you were trying to escape from. So that kind of perpetual hiding and and um, constant concern for safety, uh, you know, just psychologically, I can't begin to imagine how how one develops that that stamina and that strength to to just continue and persevere in surviving and staying healthy and and above all that on a personal level, continuing to work for this democracy movement in Myanmar and against the military takeover. It's just like I couldn't even believe myself, you know. It's like my my limitation. I I thought I could overcome my limitation. I I stretch my limitation. <laughs> I never I I you know I never imagined my I I would I would involve in the coup the, the coup the coup and the movement because uh, one eighty eight uh, uprising happened. I was mm-hmm. only uh, four years. Uh, oh, so mm-hmm. only just my parents uh, talk about that, and I never imagined that I, 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 I would it would happen to me again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it then uh, it happened. It really happened to me, uh, and then uh, I I took part. I took part. It's like a, a very seriously, very very seriously. So, like every day, I walk for the revolution. You know, every day, 
<laughs> it's only in my mind. I I had to work uh, to fight the regime. So, so I I thought, wow, I could do that. I could <laughs> I could mm. overcome that. I could stay in the safe house. At, at first, you know, I thought I I couldn't stay in the safe house. You know, I need to go out, and you know, I just like uh, always uh, going out, hanging out with my friends. <laughs> But then I was under like house arrest, and I I even. Uh, sympathize uh, Dong San Suu Kyi because uh, you know she was mm. under house arrest uh, more than ten or twenty years, and I, I I thought wow she she could do that, and now I I I I am in in her situation, and I why not I I I I also need to be like her, you know, to do. Uh, because I I know that she 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 also uh, uh, she 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 also she is doing meditation she is doing reading uh, mm-hmm. she she reads many books so, so <laughs> it's like it's so I also do the the, the the same thing you know like meditation reading and working mm. for the revolution so it's like I I I really um, I mean uh, appreciate uh, her, her strength. Uh, her ability, uh, it, it's really admiring for me, and I also couldn't believe myself. Uh, but now I, 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 I feel more confident about myself. I overcome all, all these challenges, uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still. You know, there are so many challenges still waiting for me. I know because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still working for the revolution, and I'm now even in the uh, in the refugee. I mean, like even in the refugee status. So. Yeah. I there there are many challenges wait still waiting but I I'm more confident I I, I can overcome. Mm, that's great and yeah that that's that's interesting just to think about uh, you you never imagining you could end up here and and end up working as you did and I think that that's true for so many people in the democracy movement I think for for any of us if we just think about if we just rewind a few years ago. We think about these network of friends or professional contacts we had. Of, you know, even you and I. When when's the last time we had uh, we had a meal together? Or we hung out or saw. Looked at. Uh, mm-hmm. Happened to see the handicrafts that. Um, yeah. That, that that you were supporting and and had a conversation there, or you know, we're going back years after that and looking at the training seminars that we were in together and some of the other people that were there. And who would have known that those networks that were both friendly and personal as well as professional and and in the. Field Field, who would have ever guessed that those contacts would lead to these, what are now underground networks and advocacy and, and support for that that are that are these these networks where we're really relying on one another and and who we are and our backgrounds and what we offer to work together and to find ways to see how we can continue supporting this. That's just the situation that we've all found ourselves in. Th- those who've decided, of course, to take a part. Of course, there are people uh, in in all of our networks that have chosen not to rise up the same way that others have and haven't uh, have laid low or or have have um, have sought greater personal safety and not taken the same risk or or advocacy of one to support the movement and that's the question I have for you you know in, in your interview last year you described the very organic way that you came to play a leading role in CDM it was never anything you intended or tried to do or had ambition for it was really just one civil servant after another 
another coming and asking for your advice, for your help. And suddenly you were this very important person that was leading and, and assisting in, in all of these civil servants that were following CDM and that then put you at risk. And that just, that all happened organically. It wasn't something you were... Uh, you were trying to make for yourself or, or trying to carve out some position. So, and you didn't know where that would lead. You didn't know the, how long this would last or the dangers that it would, it, that would come or the personal risk that you would face. So my question is knowing, uh, now knowing um, where this was leading and, and what kind of personal strain and risk it would place on you. Do you, do you have any regrets? Do you feel that looking back, you, you wish you might've done things differently or, or, or that um, that uh, knowing that the the position it would place you in of risk and danger, do you do you have any second thoughts or regret about how uh, how active you've chosen to become in in your work and in your activism? No, no, no. I never regret about my uh, my decisions. Uh, even I I feel I feel better because you know I see. My, my belief uh, is even stronger uh, to fight for democracy. At first, you know, I thought I believe in democracy just for that. Uh, now mm-hmm. I told I I now uh, I face the regime now, and I I I was really standing up uh, to fight them. So my my belief is stronger and stronger. So it's it's like I never regret it. And there are many, yeah. not only me, you know, because there are so many people uh, uh, who who gave their life, uh, p- uh, who you know, like p- uh, many PDF, many Gen Z. Uh, they they uh, they even uh, they they were even touched uh, during the fights or during the protests. Uh, so why why not me? You know, it's not only this this revolution is totally different from eighty eight generation. Uh, mm-hmm. This. This is like totally uh, um, a history change, changing. Uh, so I never regretted I involved in that part of the, the movement. You know, it's just I'm even proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm even, even even feeling better, you know. I that, that's what I can do, you know. It's like how can I say? It's a in Burmese we call it lipya, lipya alone. <laughs> it's like my mind is very my conscious, my conscious mind is very, uh, it's like very clear about my way. It's it's mm-hmm. this is a very conscious decision I I made, and mm-hmm. it, I'm very clear about that. Mm, right. Uh, that's very inspiring to hear. And it's also in thinking about our own democracy in, in, in my country, in the U.S., and how it's something, those kind of freedoms are things that people take for, for granted to such an extent and not realizing the, the, the struggle and the, the personal risk of people giving so much so that we can then live in safety. And I think that's something really valuable for us to remember here and to, to appreciate the, 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 the freedoms that we have and also the delicate nature of them, that those freedoms are, are always at risk in some regard and how important it is to affirm uh, the value of, of everyone living under those basic freedoms and human rights and not let that slip away um, when, when we do have a hold on them, uh, and remembering the, the struggle and the, uh, and, and how, uh, how much dedication people like you are working towards with, um, trying to, to bring about those in Myanmar. So 
on that note, I want to go back to your interview last year. It's uh, the, the link to that interview will be in the notes of this interview. And we definitely encourage listeners to go and check that out to get to look at where you were at a year ago and how you were assisting the CDM movement at that time. I know that you also listened to that interview before we talked uh, now. What were your thoughts when you were listening to that interview a year ago? What, what stood out to you? What did you notice? Um, at the time, you know, I noticed that uh, I um, I thought the revolution uh, didn't take so long. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's like uh, I I thought uh, it just we we just we 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 just finished like two or three months, but now right. it's. It's uh, it's like a year, and and even it, it would be longer, like two or three years, and in building the country again, it would take another two or three years again. So I now I I think at at least it would like for five years, uh, Myanmar uh, uh will suffer. So that's that's my my only thought after last year interview. But there are so many changes happening, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I I really um, glad that I I overcame I I, I overcame this uh, the the challenges I face. Mm-hmm. Right. So listening to that interview a year ago, you you felt some kind of, I guess we could say like naivete of feeling that that the 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 movement was going to uh, overcome the military faster than it did yes 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 mm, right was there anything else that stood out from that mm, uh, not not exactly that's uh, what I remember mostly yeah Mm, right. So let's continue following with CDM for now, because the main uh, thrust of that interview, we talked extensively about what you were doing with building up the CDM movement, which at that time was really one of the most important aspects of the revolution, which is the power of CDM and the confidence of CDM working and more and more employees that were not going to office or some that were staying in the office, but were actually spying on the regime to help the movement. And that was where we left off a year ago. And over the course of the last year, we've heard less and less about CDM in the news. There have been more aspects of the revolution that and the conflict that have come out. And that leaves a lot of us wondering, well, what's going on with CDM today? Uh, I, I, we hear reports of more and more people going back to the office. Uh, there's a question about how effective is CDM really when we're starting to look at some of the actual battles, when we're looking at the NUG and the international stage, when we're looking at the PDFs. And we tend to forget about this role of CDM, which was so important and so prominent at the beginning. So can you walk us through what changes happened in the course of the year with CDM as someone who is so involved and on the inside of this movement and where we're at now with the civil disobedience movement? Um, well, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, how can I say? It's like uh, the 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 movement uh, 
is uh, weaker uh, because of the pressure of SAC. Uh, they they uh, and also the the ju- duration of the revolution. So, uh, CDM uh, could could stand. Uh, I I I I still have connection with many CDM uh, every day. Uh, and I am talking to I still I'm still talking to them every day. I'm I'm, I'm now I'm even working with them. Uh, so, uh, the 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 the. The problem is uh, the financial difficulties CDM are facing, and the lack of job opportunities. They they couldn't find the job easily, and the pressure from SAC uh, to to uh, to go back, and also they have some. Uh, you know, the, the, mostly the, the financial problems. Uh, they, they, they got the loans from the government. Uh, previously, they joined the CDM. So SAC pressured them, you know, to give back this loan, the civil servant loan. And if they couldn't uh, 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 return the loans, they, they got arrested. So things like that, SAC pressure are a lot on them. So the uh, movement is weaker and weaker. But there are many uh, CDM uh, I really admire and inspire uh, all these financial hardship and difficulties and threatening. They 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 are still fighting. Uh, they 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 don't join the they, they don't go back to their offices. They still uh, they still join the movement and they they are still very proud of themselves. You know, uh, and and they have all these uh, record. Uh, what they you know even among the CDM, you know, the mm. the dates they are, uh, 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 the 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 date they join the CDM movement is very important. Yeah, mm. People who join Alia like February <laughs> is always proud of themselves, mm. and people uh, who join later is that you know they they, they don't accept that like like the normal CDM. So now I'm working for the NUG uh, CDM CDM committee. We have the NUG uh, NUG has the CDM success committee, and I'm working for that. And I'm, I'm, I'm the second uh, I'm the uh, secretariat uh, member of the CDM success committee, and so we are working on the CDM policy, CDM and net CDM, and what are the benefits uh, for the CDM after the revolution. So we are going to give them rewards or the you know government the the the, the mm. new the new government, the new civilian mm. government, again, after the revolution, they are going to reward these uh, CDM, uh, you know, the, like the like the uh, heroes, like our heroes. So mm-hmm. there are CDM categories. Uh, we identify like CDM and the PDF. CDM, uh, who joined the PDF forces? They, they are the highest group, the highest, mm. uh, the highest uh, revolution group. And then CDM, and the 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 uh, uh, the longer the CDM uh, move uh, time they join, uh, that so it's like the, the rank of the CDM is higher. So it's it's like the CDM category we make. So that we are we are working on that draft policy for the CDM. And, mm, and I, right. I'm, I'm really I really in, inspire the CDM uh, and I really appreciate their their courage and their um 
uh, attitudes, uh, the, the, the fightings uh, for the country. They are, they, they, uh, my, my sacrifice is nothing comparing with them, you know. I'm just helping them. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that much uh, uh, sacrifice like them, you know. They, they left their job. I, I, I didn't leave my job like them. Mm-hmm. They they left all their all their job and their houses their yeah all these benefits they got from the government they they couldn't right. find any other job right that's that's they they had sacrifices way uh, higher and inspire really inspire for me you know to join the movement yeah and that's that's something that's hard to even imagine is when we first looked at cdm and we looked at people just not going to work for days or weeks or maybe months ahead but we're now looking at over a year and maybe years in total it's hard to even perceive this of someone not being able to go to work not get an income support a family uh support their their daily expenses and then on top of all that, to be at, at risk, it's not just that they're not going and accruing benefits and income. It, it, they, they can't simply stay home and just not work. Uh, finances aside, they're also at risk. They're, they're, uh, the, the military is trying to arrest C- CDMers saying that they are partaking in illegal action for not going to, to their work. So it, it's hard to even imagine how they're able to to live with such difficulties for as long as they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, they 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 find another job, another source of income, like selling the uh, products or 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 asking. I mean, like asking for money from their parents i mean their family uh, they, they they rely on their husband or you know so it's like very difficult uh, for cdmr to get the job uh, the the uh, the the company or the the businesses they don't want to hire the cdmr uh, it's because of the pressure from the sec they 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 don't dare to hire the cdmr so it's very difficult for the cdm to get job uh, so most most CDM are working uh, uh, in, in, for their own businesses, small businesses. Now we are helping them uh, to set up their uh, small businesses. So, so things like that, you know, the financial difficulties they are facing is very, very uh, hard for them. Hmm, right. And looking at the CDM movement overall, how, uh, what role is CDM currently playing in the overall democratic movement? As I mentioned before, CDM was kind of at the forefront of everything happening during the first few months, and we've heard less about it. So how important strategically is CDM at this moment? Yes, yes. It's uh, still um, uh, important. Uh, but this day, uh, we focus more on the revolution, the 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 uh, defense uh, defensive war, uh, but uh, CDM uh, from the army and the police is still uh, is still uh, important uh, for the revolution. So the the military C, uh, the military CDMA, uh, the the soldier CDMA, the police CDMA. Uh, they join the movement. They still join the movement. It's very important for us, you know. Uh, the defection program is uh, important. Uh, 
the the uh, if they 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 join the movement more and more, it's you know there there are less there the, 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 there are less people uh, with the SAC. So it's it's CDM are still still important. They they still join, but mostly uh, these uh, police and the army. We focus on that now. Right, right. That's obviously the more important one. Uh, so what can you tell us about those operations, about focusing on the military and the police defections as part of CDM? Yeah, we have the, NUG has this uh, People Embrace program. We call it uh, People Embrace uh, Pitu Ying Queen. Uh, it, it, it is welcoming the uh, military and police uh, uh, soldiers, uh, police police officer and the uh, military soldiers uh, to, to join the movement. So every day we have this uh, this uh, army and the uh, police CDMR uh, who, who join with us. So for police, we have around 2,500 police CDMR. And in the police I heard uh, last year in Karani State, Kaya State, they, the, 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 the police CDMR, uh, last year, the first police CDM is uh, uh, from Karani, Gaya State. I have, I have, I have mm-hmm. them at the time. So these these day they, they are now with their their own police force, the Karani State Police Force. Mm. It's a, it's, it's it's like a, I I am very proud of them. You know, I have yeah. these CDM, and they now even have their own uh, state force. Mm. So it's 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 really. Uh, uh, um, remarkable for me, you know, to help them, and and the police, uh, the the, it's police is police is very important. I mean, like, uh, these day, we have more, uh, um, territory. I mean, uh, the 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 the, the conflicts happening in Sakai or Chin or Makui, uh, uh, this area need more uh, rule of law uh, and the stability. Uh, so police CDM are very important uh, to join the movement. If police join us, uh, the, this police uh, will protect the communities. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm helping them, the police, uh, to, to, to help the, the, the communities in Sakai or Chen or Magui. Each many many townships have their own police force. I mean, they look like the Karani State, the police CDMR. They they are uh, running in their uh, uh, own township. They, they they are helping the the communities in their own township now. Not with the hmm. SEC anymore. Where the PDF mm-hmm. control? Yeah, the, the where the the PDF, the area is controlled by the PDF. Mm, right, that's that, that's remarkable. So that's that's showing a uh, showing that the the military is actually controlling less administration and less ground. So that's that's really inspiring. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. So moving from CDM to NUG, you referenced that you're helping to take that that the, now the CDM mission is incorporated in NUG, and you've become involved in national unity government for some time now, and and uh, supporting their mission. And I, I know you have some things to say about your your view on what N- NUG is doing and how it's working. So tell us what your thoughts are on that. Um, yes. Uh, so 
uh, I'm uh, taking part uh, m- many many roles in NUG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm working for the CDM and uh, mostly for the CDM, and also uh, working for the the uh, township administration or or, or the uh, supporting the. Uh, international donors uh, with the humanitarian aids, uh, so things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So NUG NUG is uh, uh, functioning. Mm. It's it's a revolution government. Uh, there are many challenges NUG is still facing, uh, but uh, we are still you know uh, working <laughs> working uh, as as much as we can uh, to to. To move, to move the revolution. Right, and how's your experience been in NUG? What do you have to share about your involvement and how you've seen in their their mission and their activities? Um, uh, this day we have more uh, walks uh, with Sakai region uh, and Makwe region. Uh, so there are many uh, battles. And conflict and fightings every day in Sakai or Makwe or Chin, and I'm I'm helping with the uh, Sakai administration groups uh, or or Sakai um, Chin or Makwe administration groups, you know, to strengthen the ground situation. Mm-hmm. And how are you doing that? What, as far as it's safe to tell, what what has your involvement been? Um, I'm helping them with their their IDB uh, and also uh, uh, giving them training uh, how to uh, manage the uh, administration functions or how to uh, work uh, uh, during the conflict situation, uh, conflict management, uh, community resilience uh, uh, activities, uh, th- things like that. So I I I. I uh, Mostly, I, I give them training and coordination meetings with them. Right, and in over the course of the past year, you've joined NUG. When we were talking before, you you weren't a part of that. You were more doing your own thing with encouraging CDM. So, as you've come to take a role in NUG and and work on uh, in in the national unity government from the inside, what have been your thoughts or reflections on seeing their uh, their efficiency and their their activity and how they've uh, how the NUG has been has been running and, and how it's been accomplishing its mission. What what thoughts or feelings do you have on that? Um, NUG is the revolution government, and it's it's not perfect. I think there are so many weaknesses and challenges they are facing, but the the spirit of the NUG is uh, uh, really good. I mean, the the all, all the ministers are uh, revolution fighters. Uh, and and they uh, they can inspire the people a lot. So people like Dr. Soweso or Dr. Sasa, I really inspire mm-hmm. them. Or or Dose Maong, I really inspire them. They they uh, they 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 use many strategies. Uh, they uh, and also they inspire the people. Uh, not to, not to motive, not to be, not to demotivate. Uh, 
in also to 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 stand up to to you know to 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 be uh, to be stronger uh, again and to 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 still fight you know they they they, they call you know they call uh, for the fighting um, stronger and stronger you so it's it's a but but I I accept they they are also they they, they are also some weaknesses but but uh, the leadership is uh, difficult these days the re- revolution leadership uh, I wish we have more uh, stronger leaders but still uh, our leaders are uh, also um, uh, doing their best for the country. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean by stronger leaders? Like what type of uh, what type of leadership do you think is most valuable at this time of a revolutionary period? It's like uh, because we 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 inspire the Ukraine uh, president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I'm, I'm sometimes frustrated with the NUG, you know, uh, they, 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 their communication strategy is weak and they, they don't uh, much communicate with the people, uh, so things like that. So it's like I wish uh, we, we have stronger leaders like uh, the Ukraine president, but, but still uh, uh, the, uh, I, I know the challenges that our ministers facing, so I I, I cannot say, you know, they are also working 24-7. <laughs> I mm. couldn't tell them they are also doing their best. They, they cannot stretch right. their capacity anymore. <laughs> they, they all, yeah. Mm. So that's an interesting contrast, Ukraine and Myanmar. And many people have looked at that. We actually did an episode exploring in depth the differences between the situations, differences and similarities between Ukraine and Myanmar. And you referenced just now how you wish that we had a Burmese Zelensky, uh, the, the Ukrainian leader. So why do you think it is that such a leader has not emerged in over a year. Either you could have such a leader from the NEG, from the PDFs, activism, from uh, medical field, any any number of professions. You, you can have a central leader who just starts inspiring and motivating and leading the people forward. And we haven't, and also speaks to the international community, what Zelensky has done so well. Why do you think it is that Myanmar has not, in this revolution, it's not yet been able to produce a type of Zelensky figure that can lead the way as such? That's what we are still looking for. <laughs> mm. we, we, we are still um, thinking uh, uh, the, the, the leaders, um, uh, looking for the leaders. But yeah, I think, I think we will find, but I, I, I don't know why we, we couldn't have that, that kind of leaders. Also, you referenced how some of the NEG leaders are perhaps not listening to the people as well as they could be, or perhaps are separated from some of the people on the ground. Can you say more about what you meant by that? Um, I mean, uh, they are very busy with the with the meetings, but but they are they are also. I mean, they they are. Um, some ministers like Dr. Sowe, so they, they, they have meetings with the people regularly, but still, you know, NUG uh, is weak in direction. 
to 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 motivate the people. That that's what I'm I'm feeling. Uh, so I think uh, we need to work on that. That how we we can motivate the people. What kind of leadership we need to give more clear guidance uh, to the people. That, that that's what I I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to think that because the people themselves are, are so motivated. We've seen such great amounts of sacrifice and motivation among the people. So it, it seems kind of ironic in a sense to reference the leadership as not inspiring motivation when among the people there's already so much motivation to defeat this military. Yes, it's, 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 it's the, the people... Um, uh, it's it's very mo- mo- motivated uh, to to fight the uh, regime. It, I what 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 my think thinking is uh, the revolution is uh, uh, win uh, because of the people, not because of the NUG or any leaders. <laughs> because the people motivation mm-hmm. is very very high, and NUG is always late. Uh, the, the people is always in front of us. We see. Know. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And if the revolution were to win, how do you see like a reconciliation taking place between the people and the leadership? Because right now there's there's not great communication or coordination, and there's definitely frust- growing frustration that we sense from people on the ground of a feeling like leadership is not really in touch with what they're trying to do and what their aims are and are moving too slowly. So if the revolution were to win, this divide is not going away. There, it, It's going to remain a gap between people feeling that they're taking all the risks on the ground and a leadership that is seen to be a bit more removed. Uh, do you have any concerns about uh, how in the post-revolution period of how to bring about greater communication and to, to shorten this gap that has come to exist between them? Yes, we need to definitely think of that. Uh, but but right now, the political situation is very sensitive. Uh, uh, so uh, we we have more engaging uh, engagement uh, with the people, uh, and also we we develop the energy is develop developing the strategy, the communication strategy. So. Yeah, Anuchi is still trying <laughs> to work on that. Hmm. And what, what other changes would you like to see in NUG? You talk about having a better communication strategy with the people, having, you know, as we all like, a Zelensky-type leader that, that's mm-hmm. uh, involved as well. But if you were given the task and the ability to reform or remodel NUG, how would you do that? How would you like to see it reshaped to better serve the interests of the revolution? Um, I don't want to make it bigger. Uh, the you know government. <laughs> the, it's it. This is the revolution government. Uh, I feel like energy is more like the uh, normal government. You know, they are, they have many mm-hmm. ministries. I don't want that. It's just like I want to have only two or three, like three, three or four ministries is enough. Like the humanitarian for the IDP, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the defense. In the justice, in the uh, administration, that's a, that's in the foreign affairs, that's a, that's enough. Four or five ministries enough. Uh, so, um, I want 
all the other ministers and I went all the resources to focus only on the revolution, you know. Mm-hmm. So big areas like uh, Sakai or Makui or Chin, they need more help. Uh, so all the resources need to go to there directly. So I, I want to make better resource allocation, not to uh, all the states and regions uh, where the, you know, where the areas are still under control of SAC and the, you know, the, the resources are very scattered mm-hmm. and very few. And, and we, we have to make more strategic uh, allocation of the resources. Mm, right, right. So you're you're describing wanting to see more of a strictly like revolutionary government that is is not trying to to uh, place itself as a uh, stable government or shadow or parallel government trying to administer a country which it doesn't because as as we've seen even members of parliament are hiding out in Thailand trying to uh, avoid arrest and capture by by Thai authorities and so it's difficult to imagine these this type of body administering a full country rather they should embrace their role as a transitory transitional revolutionary government trying to restore democracy and rightful elections and then have a stable government then take charge and it sounds like what you're saying is they're trying to do everything at once perhaps is is that is that fair to say yes 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 Hmm. And so what you, you referenced a little bit just now of what you'd like to see a revolutionary government do have less ministries be able to more effectively allocate resources to those places that are in need to focus attention on some of the critical needs that are happening and to, uh, to, to maybe let go of some of those tasks that are not so essential right now. Uh, is there any other ways you would describe or define what a revolutionary government is, how it's different from what we have now, and what what features or or priorities a, a revolutionary government should be carrying out at this time? Um, it should be focusing more on the uh, the, the winning strategy. How, how how can we win the win the the SAC? I I went more on that. The, the strategy should be clear and direction should be clear uh, to the people. Uh, so that, that that's what I went for, the NUG. That, that makes sense because I feel like at the moment, if someone were to ask, what is the NUG doing or what is it pursuing? There's not really like a clear or distinct voice or direction uh, or strategy that is known either publicly or people that are engaged in their own activities and, and operations. It seems like there's not one clear voice or mission that's coming out of what it's really trying to accomplish. Or at least that's someone like myself being more on, on the outside and the periphery at least that's the sense I get. As someone like you who is much more involved directly with the mission, is that something you think is fair to say as well? Or am I just kind of missing something here? No, no. I, yeah, I, I, I also want to say like that, yeah. 
And why do you think it's developed that way? I mean, it's so urgent that there's solidarity and clear lines of operation at this moment and that the leadership should be doing that. And yet it, it seems like it, it hasn't found a way to accomplish that. Why do you think it is that that it's been so muddled and it's not able to to, to have such a clear directive and, and, and mission and one voice and leading one strategy in, uh, in leading forward? Why, why hasn't it been able to accomplish that? Um, it's because, uh, um, we, we are weak in, uh, dialogue and communication, I think. So in NUG, we have many, uh, ministers from different backgrounds, like the ethnic backgrounds or the, uh, party background and the another party background. So, uh, the, the dialogue between, uh, these, uh, different, Groups are challenging and take time. It's. I think that's 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 what I think. Mm, right, and as you've seen those dialogues progress, and you've mm-hmm. you've been involved in in, in that communication, yes. uh, and it, and, it, and it is taking time to uh, to be able to find common ground. How how are you finding that communication develop? Are you seeing changes along the course of the past year, and how different groups are able to to discuss and work together more openly? Yeah, we are still working on that. Like. Um, uh, yeah, the, the the revolution is taking longer and longer. Uh, actually, you know, I feel revolution is not in in the hands of NUG. Revolution is only in the ground. So I cannot even say uh, NUG is uh, leading the revolution. NUG is mm. just coordinating and helping the uh, the revolution leaders in the ground. Mm. Well, that's very the interesting. Leaders are, <laughs> the leaders are out there, not 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 inside the NUG. Well, let's go there then. Let's let's go and take a look at some of those leaders operating on the ground where the real revolution is happening and where the real I- important uh, leaders and, and events are shaping up and taking place. Tell us what you know about what is happening on the ground in the forefront of the revolution. I mean, I'm working with the, uh, with the Sakai leaders or, or chain leaders, uh, there are many uh, interesting and, and, and brief and, and uh, very high uh, capa- competent leader. Uh, you know, they, they, they are leading the revolution, they are uh, leading the, the, the battalions, so I really admire them. They, they, they make quick decisions, um, they inspire their people. So, uh, so people like Purnaka, you, you, I think you, you know him. Uh, he is on the mm-hmm. on, on Facebook and social media. So it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, he he is leading the groups uh, there. So people like him is really inspire for me. You know, they they has many they have many challenges, but they 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 are still working. They don't have the proper weapons, but they find the ways uh, how to make the weapons. So the, 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 it, it makes me really inspiring, you know, the people, the leaders like him, uh, uh, taking control of the uh, revolution and winning the revolution. Mm, right. So leaders like Bonagar, have you coordinated or supported them with uh, 
uh, and what they're doing, or are you more uh, in a different field of operations and you're just following more on on social media like like the rest of us? Um, we we know him. Yeah, we support him. Yeah, we. I mean, like the MOD Ministry of Defense is supporting them. So we we are the 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 our, the NUG is supporting them. Yeah. Mm, right, and, and any other thoughts about some of the the, the the importance of the leaders that are on the ground and some of the um, the, the the PDF uh, missions that are taking place? What 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 else uh, about that can you tell us? I also think another leader like Desasa, he is also a very inspiring leader for me. The, the, mm-hmm. the, he he can motivate the people. He can motivate. Uh, the, the, he he can also coordinate the the Gen Z, so uh, the, the, this this kind of you know the Gen Z and the the, the leaders are also we need we, we it's 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 essential for us. So yeah, the the they are the ground leaders. The ground, <laughs> I I only rely on the ground leaders uh, to win the revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, how do you think these ground leaders were able to come to such prominence and to, you know, these, uh, these people now leading these operations, none of them came from these kinds of backgrounds for the most part. These, before the revolution, these were doctors and teachers and civil servants, taxi drivers, just normal people from all walks of life. And those that have chosen to step up are not just risking their lives, but in some ways are leading movements and having to find the resources when there are very, very little to rely on, little material, little support from the international community, little in terms of uh, uh, experience and training and knowing what they're doing. So how did they find those inner resources to be able to step up and play a role uh, in, uh, in something that they've never done before and to actually, as you described, to be successful and inspiring in what they're doing? Yes, that's uh, uh, what I observe from them is their perseverance, perseverance and also their uh, strong determination to fight for the regime and for the people. So that's, that's what they are uh, uh, leading their, their, their role and they, they also have many followers uh, they, uh, they, uh, they they inspire so yeah I observe from them is their uh, determination uh, to fight for the uh, democracy Mm-hmm. You reference Bo Nagar, who's a PDF leader. You also mentioned Tezar Sen, who uh, I don't believe is in the PDFs now. I think he's um, he, he's more of an activist and speaker. Is that right? Yes, yes, he is. He is not PDF. Tezar Sen is right. more so, like activist. Yeah. Yeah. So these are two examples that come to mind of the type of leaders that that you think are are important right now for the movement. Are there any other young leaders that come to mind that you'd like to call attention to? Mm. I, I I see many uh, PDF uh, uh, Yen uh, Gen Z. I'm, I'm also working with them. Uh, so, but but not like prominent like them, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the, these two uh, figures are very prominent. But I I, I see many Gen Z. Uh, they are also uh, trying very hard. They they can give even their gift. They can even give their life uh, for the country. They, they they don't dare to to die for the country. 
uh, uh, I mean, they dare to die for the country. So yeah. just I, I really inspire them. Uh, you know, I cannot say like I cannot name them, but just like right. they 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 are very brave and very courage and yeah, I really inspire. Yeah, well, there's a lot of un- unsung heroes right now. There's a lot of people that are are dedicating their lives and risking their lives whose names are virtually unknown. And for many, that's their own choice. That's their own service and their own uh, their, their own work to do. They don't want the attention for their own safety as well. But I, I think you and I both know some names that are not well known, but... Um, but are, are, are playing really quite prominent and important roles now. Uh, how about women? How, what have you seen in from Gen Z female activists and how they've been responding? And do any particular women come to mind that have emerged as leaders? Um, it's, it's like the PDF group, you know, Miao, Miao Woman Warrior Group. Have you seen mm-hmm. on, on the Facebook? <laughs> I, I have, like but d- describe, yeah, describe to our <laughs> listeners what that is. That's really interesting. <laughs> It's it's very interesting. I mean, very inspiring for us. You know, the the Gen Z women they form the PDF uh, women PDF group uh, to support the PDF uh, and also to 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 produce weapons themselves and to 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 give each other the the, the fighting trainings or the, to help the IDP to help the. Called uh, the the humanitarian activities, uh, so it's really inspiring for me. You know, the mm-hmm. young woman warrior. They they also issue the statement announcement. You know, uh, to boycott the SHC, uh, to to uh, uh, to to ask the CDM uh, to ask the civil servants uh, to join the CDM movement and things like that. So this is very inspiring for me. You know, young woman warrior. Yeah, and that seems to be something new in Myanmar history. From my reading of past Myanmar history and and uh, military, I can't really think of another period, another conflict period where women have played such an important role in the actual conflict part of it. Yeah, yeah, this is the new history for us, the photo woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. It certainly yeah. is. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you, I mean, this is like a first time in, in Bamar history that women have, have stepped forward to, to take on the, the greatest risk of, uh, the greatest personal risk they can incur. And this has never happened before. So what, it didn't happen in 07. It didn't happen in 88. There were certainly women involved in the movement, but not like they are now in, in the risks and the courage that they're, they're showing. So why do you think it is that this time, this generation has produced so many young women that are willing to make this ultimate sacrifice I think it's uh, because of the um, the, the the technology uh, and also exposure we got uh, uh, it's different from the previous generation this generation is uh, it's a is the is the generation uh, ev- everything can access the inter- it's the uh, internet generation so right. So that's that's what I think, you know, um, and we we can access to anything you know, um, on the wall, and in and we got many uh, privileges comparing with other generations. So so I th- 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 that's why that's why you know the, the the younger generation even got more freedom, and 
and and and uh, within the ten years of the this uh, uh, democratic democratic period times of Burmese history, I think uh, these ten years a lot of young people got many exposure uh, to the international uh, communities, uh, the 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 freedom of speech. Uh, freedom of thoughts, uh, political science, studying political science. So, so in the universities, uh, uh, freedom movement. So there's so many activities, you know, happening. So that's why I think uh, the political uh, attitude, the, the political um, thoughts are very, uh, I mean, like uh, are very, uh, uh, very high already uh, in the generation so i think that's that's uh, that, that's uh, what i guess for this this new generation that that's all very exciting so what would your thoughts be towards if the revolution is successful and we move on to a democratic post revolution society this involvement of women this empowerment of women is not going to go away as uh, people settle back into a more traditional conservative Burmese Buddhist society, this kind of activity they're doing is is going to persist. I think it's fair to say in some way. What do you have any thoughts of like if uh, in a a new society, what uh, what impact this kind of involvement and empowerment of, empowerment of women now, how that would translate to settling back into a, a more normal democratic society? How they would carry this activism and this confidence to. Uh, um, uh, past the revolution into uh, into further life in society. Um, I feel very very much proud of the the new generation, the 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 new leaders of the uh, the, the the woman leaders. Uh, so, I I have very positive and optimistic uh, hope for my country uh, after the revolution. You know, if we win. We were definitely, um, I can I can say we, we can definitely overcome all the political challenges mm. <laughs> we we faced in the in the the, the 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 previous decades. That you know we 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 can remove all these things uh, with the new generation. Yeah. Right, and concerning the women as well, staying on that for another moment, are there any particular women that come to mind as as leaders or examples that have uh, have really stood out to you? I mean, these the, the two two ladies, uh, the, you know, the Ethan or Esther, Esther, you know, they, mm-hmm. these two ladies are prominent. But there are many ladies, you know, the many uh, young ladies. Um, I I. I can I cannot even say names. I mean, like there are many many young ladies uh, joining the movement. Uh, so uh, just like uh, I mean, uh, not only one. I cannot say one lady, two two ladies, these two ladies. But mm. there are so many ladies, like next mm. now woman warrior or other lady in in Sakai or Che Che also has mm. many many young ladies uh, joining mm-hmm. the media. Uh, and also, you know, the, the woman who fell from the uh, building uh, uh, on 50, right. 50th Street, it's uh, like the, yeah. the underground uh, underground UG ladies. There are many mm-hmm. groups and many young ladies groups. So I really inspire all ladies um, uh, for, you know, 
fighting in the revolution. I really inspire. I met many PDF lady too, so it's really inspiring for me. You know, they they are taking the training, the the uh, military training, like like the men. So it's really really inspiring. Mm, yeah, I, I bet it is. Uh, widening the outlook uh, beyond just the PDFs and looking at the EAOs, the ethnic armed organizations, how have the relations and the coordination been between these different uh, factions, between these different groups, uh, the, the EAOs, the PDFs, the NUG? What can you say about this whole relationship? Um, we, we are still working on that. We are still building the dialogue and still building the trust and communication. So, but but the situation is really, really good. I believe that we have a stronger, stronger belief and trust uh, than, than the last 70 years uh, to fight for the regime. So I, I, I'm very optimistic about the current situation uh, on the relationship with the ERO uh, and, uh, and the NUG or PDF. So one question I have is like looking at uh, your own personal background and, and, and your own personal practice, your meditation practice with some of these wider goals and operations in Myanmar. And this is, this is a really difficult question. It's a different thing to consider for many of us. On one hand, you're practicing a meditation, uh, Mogok technique, which you're describing is giving you more peace inside, especially compassion. It's giving compassion towards yourself and towards others and allowing you to persist. And yet, on the other hand, there's these PDF fighters that are being supported to uh, to kill the um, Tamana soldiers that are not defecting and that are carrying on their terror and their tyranny. Uh, this is just an enormously difficult situation because they are not stopping their evil. They're not stopping their harm of innocent people day after day, and they will not stop. Force is, it's become very apparent that force is the only language that they know. And the only way to, that has been determined to resist force is with force. And so there's this awful situation of having to find a way to kill them more effectively than they are killing the countrymen and to support those PDFs that are charged with that effort. Uh, but on a personal, ethical, spiritual level, how is that for you? You know, how is it to, to, to have, to, to be, uh, to have nonviolent, um, uh, ethics for your life to follow uh, an ethical spiritual path and believe in not harming people and really try to live by those values and yet and to, to continue doing that you have your own meditation practice even today yet at the same time to recognize the necessity that this evil is not going away if not for force so how have you been able to reconcile that yeah, it's a very good question. It's I I I I'm also looking for that uh, that that uh, that's the solution because you know one day I'm uh, supporting the PDF to um, make uh, I'm uh, donating the money uh, for the weapon protection to kill the to kill the SAC. But the other day, I'm like, oh no, I'm like killing people. <laughs> I'm supporting them to kill people. So it's like a very, it's, uh -huh. a, it's a difficult dilemma uh, for me. Uh, I, I need to balance myself, um, my thoughts. Uh, but but, but uh, 
what I think is that the military is killing the people, you know. If we are not killing them, they are going to kill us. That's that's what I think. That's that, that's what other people, you know, I, I always... I'm, 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 I met the PDF, I met the CDMA, uh, I met the, the parents uh, of the PDF. So they, they all are very suffering and I cannot accept this suffering. So it's like uh, I was very angry with the SAC, you know, they, they, they are greedy, they are greed uh, in, in their uh, destruction to the country. That, that's my hatred to them is you know, it's like uh, we have to stop them. If we cannot stop them in this generation, it's like our next generation would be suffer um, uh, even harder than us. So that's that's what I think. And so, yeah, it's just I, I, I have to balance my, my thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I can imagine. It's certainly no way forward to determine how, how to have to win the revolution in the least harmful way possible while also maintaining your own humanity and your own morals. And I, I imagine this is something that the PDFs have to deal with much more intensively since they're the ones actually on the ground doing this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any conversations with those in the PDF that have struggled with this with this kind of thing? Yes, yes, of course, yes, yes. But they are like you know, they are always uh, only l looking at the present moment. <laughs> I like that, you know, only just mm. check checking yourself with your present moment. <laughs> What's happening to you? <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult for us to cope with all these uh, values and situation yeah I can imagine and you're coping with this on your own you, there's there's so little international support or sympathy for this struggle that's being waged from people who don't have any background any training any resources and are just trying to do the best they can with with what they have and I, I think it's really been an inspiration for the world but it's uh, it's also been a, a tragedy that 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 the, the the democratic movement has been so isolated and unsupported um, it's it's very sad that that the people waging this have to have such resilience and um, such perseverance uh, it, it would be nice if there was more support but uh, but given how the conditions are it's uh, it's really amazing what people have how people have responded to a very difficult situation yeah. 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 At first, you know, mm. the last year, I, I wish we, we could have more international support. But now we know I, I, I have no um, hope for international yeah. support anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, we have to fight ourselves to get the our democracy, yeah, to get our independence. Yeah, yeah, that certainly is the situation. And where do you think we're at now in this revolution? What you you referenced listening to your interview last year, you felt you were a little naive in how long the revolution would last. Uh, that the momentum was was going to be more impactful than it was at that time, and yet 
still here we are now where there people are as uh as as optimistic and dedicated as ever even after a year plus of this this terror and this horror but where where are we at what do you feel like uh what's your feeling in terms of where the revolution is at and where the momentum is and what you think is going to happen in the next months and even years uh, the momentum was very high uh, in the earlier stage of the revolution, like last year. Now, now, the, but it's it's uh, lower and lower this year. I think this year, but then again, you know, uh, areas and places like Sakai or Chin or Magui, the the revolution is stronger in this area. So it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Different uh, stages in different different areas. So, uh, I I can say like generally, uh, we have very good situation. You know, the SAC is losing, and we are um, winning. But still, you know, we have to be more systematic and more uh, uh, stronger. Communicate, uh, communicate it uh, to the people. Motivation. So, so and many things involve uh, to 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 to, uh, to win the revolution. But still, I feel we, we are in very good situation now. And with that, I thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I'm I'm so glad that you're in a continued place of safety and uh, continuing to support from where you're at, even though I know the conditions are are less than ideal. But uh, I think speak for many listeners when I say that you're an inspiration for many of us and your sacrifice and your dedication towards wanting to work towards this greater goal of freedom and and safety and uh, an equitable society for, for all people in Myanmar to be able to live and build their lives in and get away from this, this current terror of the military that is, uh, is trying to control it. And I, I wish the movement the, uh, the most success. So thanks. Thanks so much for taking this time with us. Thank you. Thank you so much also for uh, inviting me to share my experiences and things I want to say to the world. Thank you so much for the listeners also to listening to the stories and helping uh, Myanmar uh, for our democracy movement. Many listeners know that in addition to running these podcast episodes, we also run a nonprofit, Better Burma, which carries out humanitarian projects across Myanmar. 
While we regularly post about current needs and proposals from groups on the ground, we also handle emergency requests, often in matters that are quite literally life or death. When those urgent requests come in, we have no time to conduct targeted fundraisers, as these funds are often needed within hours. So please consider helping us maintain this emergency fund. We want to stress that literally any amount that you give allows us to respond more flexibly and effectively when disaster strikes. If you would like to join in our mission to support those in Myanmar who are being impacted by the military coup, we welcome your contribution in any form, currency, or transfer method. Your donation will go to support a wide range of humanitarian missions, aiding those local communities who need it most. Donations are directed to such causes as the Civil Disobedience Movement, CDM, Families of Deceased Victims, Internally Displaced Person, IDP Camps, Food for Impoverished Communities, Military Defection Campaigns, Undercover Journalists, Monasteries and Nunneries, Education Initiatives, the Purchasing of Protective Equipment and Medical Supplies, COVID Relief, and much more. We also make sure that our donation fund supports a diverse range of religious and ethnic groups across the country. We invite you to visit our website to learn more about past projects as well as upcoming needs. You can give a general donation or earmark your contribution for a specific activity or project you would like to support, perhaps even something you heard about in this very episode. All of this humanitarian aid work is carried out by our nonprofit mission, Better Burma. Any donation you give on our Insight Myanmar website is directed towards this fund. Alternatively, you can also visit the Better Burma website, betterburma.org. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-B-U-R-M-A dot org. And donate directly there. In either case, your donation goes to the same cause and both websites accept credit cards. You can also give via PayPal by going to paypal.me slash betterburma. Additionally, we take donations through Patreon, Venmo, GoFundMe, and Cash App. Simply search Better Burma on each platform and you'll find our account. You can also visit either the Insight Myanmar or Better Burma websites for specific links to those respective accounts, or email us at info at betterburma.org. If you'd like to give in another way, please contact us. Thank you so much for your kind consideration and support.